What is up, Next Level fam? Thank you so much for joining another episode of Health Explained. I'm your host, Alexis Smith, and today we'll be talking about African Americans who changed healthcare for the better. Today I have with me one of my favorite uh, people to interview, Next Level Urgent Care's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Robin Trailer. Dr. Trailer, welcome back again. How are you? I am well, Alexis. Thank you so much for having me back. It's almost so it's always so much fun when we get to talk to each other. Absolutely. I'm glad to have you here. Today we are talking about a really amazing topic, African Americans who changed healthcare for the better. Um, and I want to just start by saying that Dr. Trailer is one of these amazing change makers, and she might, she's pretty humble, so she probably wouldn't say it herself. But um, statistically, I like to call her a unicorn, and it's an unfortunate fact, actually. Um, but she is our chief medical officer, so she's in um, a very small percentage, about 4%. Um, of all C-suite executives are women of color, and that does include Black and Asian and Latina women. Um, And so she is part of that 4%. She's also amongst only 2% of Black female doctors. So I'm so thrilled to have her as a guest today, and I know that she can provide a really unique perspective on this issue. Um, And so I I just want to say thank you again, Dr. Triller, and would you just kind of give a little bit of an overview and and how did you get to where you are today? You know, what pushed you forward, especially um, being in that small percentage, obviously finding role models is difficult. Um, And so what got you into medicine? What got you where you are now? Well, um, first of all, Alexis, thank you for such a glowing um, intro. Um, I like to tell people that the person they see um, as Robin Trailer is actually a product of uh, generations of you know hard work and faith and uh, determination. Um, I am so fortunate to have come out of a community who loved me and supported me and never discouraged me and who all make who always made me know that I could be successful if I wanted to be. Um, and so uh, to, to give you reference of uh, where I'm from, both of my parents are from rural Texas. Um, I had one grand- grandfather who had about a sixth grade education. I had another grandfather who had about a third grade education. Um, we are, are descendants of enslaved people uh, in Texas and um, neither one of my parents grew up with very much. And in both families, it was understood uh, that education was the silver bullet. It was the way out of poverty. Um, And so I have one grandfather that even um, with his limited education um, and uh, with he and his wife, uh, with their 11 children, they were able to send all 11 to college. Um, And I have uh, another grandfather with only his third grade um, education was able to provide uh, for the the vast majority of his children to go to college. Um, And so where where I'm from, education uh, was not even a question. I was not raised uh, to wonder whether or not I was going to college. I frankly was not even given the choice of (laughs) whether or not I would go to college. I knew that I had to do it. Um, and, and I come from, from, from people um, who, who, um, who saw the value of that. And so um, 
you know, both of my parents being college educated um, and, and having um, master's degrees um, really supported uh, my sister and I growing up. My sister also has a uh, doctoral degree in psychology. And I remember um, being in about the seventh grade and verbalizing for the first time that I wanted to be a doctor. And let me tell you, my parents never, ever let me forget that I said that. Um, before that time, I had told them that I wanted to be a teacher and that I I wanted to be an engineer because I really liked math. And um, honestly, I, I could have loved either profession. But when I said that I wanted to be a doctor, they told everybody, they told the family, they told the church, the community, our daughter was going to no be a back. doctor. There was no turning back. And they did it on purpose. It was almost like sabotage. You know, they they didn't want me to be able to, you know, like uh, eat those words and take it back and, you know, walk that back when times got tough, you know, so, so uh, they were my, they were my first accountability partners uh, when it came to me pursuing that, that dream of becoming a physician. And so um, many, many of my um, aunts and uncles and uh, even my mother uh, attended Prairie View um, Prairie View A&M University is responsible for creating so many black doctors in this country. And um, when I was at Prairie View, we had a fantastic um, uh, biology uh, pre-med program director, Dr. George Brown, um, really supported and um, nurtured his students and, and made us believe that we had what it took to go to um to medical school and so um that that actually is why i i chose prairie view i had been encouraged you know to check out ut and a and m and um you know there was a there was a scholarship over at wake forest that um i had a school counselor um you know uh arrange for me but but ultimately i knew if i went to prairie view i would be a doctor and that was all i needed to know um and so, um, you know, from, from Prairie View, I was able to go to um, University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. You know, it was a far enough away from home that I was gone, <laughs> but close enough that I could be home in a couple of hours right. if I needed to. Yeah, I mean, even I, I, I considered going away for undergrad to Xavier in Louisiana, but I decided it was too far. And Howard in D.C., um, I was accepted there, too, and decided it was just too far and too expensive. So... Um, San Antonio was great for me. Um, and in my class though, of 200 students, Alexis, um, three of us were black. Um, and, you know, one of us finished with the class and, and you're talking to her and, the, you know, the other two are brilliant. Um, uh, in fact, one is a very um, accomplished and um, a highly celebrated uh, trauma surgeon um, in the United States right now, but because of uh, health challenges and fina financial hardship, which also disproportionately, you know, f affect the um, uh, African American community, um, you know, that like getting through medical school, just getting through medical school um, can be a real struggle. Um, Absolutely. And so I want to talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. You no, I was just making the point like that's that's how I got here. You know, it, it's it's because of the support of a community um, who made me believe I could do it. Right. And I mean, there's so many you're, you were talking about financial struggles. Um, I want to talk about also the struggle of not having the support system that you did. And so when we look back at those pioneers in medicine, the first um, African-American nurse, the first African-American physician. Um, 
how do, how do you think that they got there? Because their stories are really amazing. I just feel like they're they're worth sharing with our uh, listeners today. Quite frankly, I don't know, Alexis. I am so inspired um, by these um, brave Americans that you wrote about in this uh, article um, from Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, the first African-American woman to receive a medical degree, to uh, Nurse Mary E. Mahoney, the first um, African-American woman to graduate professional nursing school um, in the United States, and even Dr. Uh, Daniel Hale Williams, um, who is the first uh, African-American cardiologist and the first surgeon, the first surgeon, black, white, or otherwise, to successfully perform open-heart surgery. Um, I, uh, I am really just so inspired um, by, by all of these amazing people. Um, I, I don't know where they got their determination. They're, they're made out of better stuff um, than I, for sure. <laughs> Uh, because it's not like they had an example, okay? I mean, I I um, was raised by, you know, uh, the chief nursing officer, uh, one of the chief operating officers at Harris County Hospital District. Um, her mentor was, uh, if not the first black woman um, to lead a, um, a major medical center, definitely among the first. Uh, her name was Dr. Lois Moore. Um, my my aunt was dean of college of nursing at um prairie view and uh the, the pastor of my church growing up was a pediatrician i mean i was just surrounded by black wow. success growing up well Absolutely. these people didn't have that okay they did not have that and um you know dr uh rebecca lee crumpler um became a doctor in in the 1800s i mean slavery was still the law of the land for goodness yeah. sakes so you know the fact that she um, overcame the odds um, and, and as a black woman successfully um, completed uh, medical school is really just incredible um, and should be celebrated. And so I, um, I love talking about these stories because they, they encourage me and, and I hope that they inspire um, others as well. Well, absolutely. And we were talking before we hopped on this call about uh, Nurse Mary E. Mahoney, and I don't want to spoil too much that that blog uh, celebrating Black History Month is on the nextlevelurgentcare.com website. And uh, I definitely encourage our listeners to take a read for some extremely inspiring stories. Um, but, but for me, um, Nurse Mary E. Mahoney's story really stuck out to me because she was uh, the first African-American female to successfully complete professional nursing school. And her story is such that she um, was raised by formerly enslaved parents, came out, um, went to school. It was a segregated school, knew in seventh grade that she wanted to be a nurse without having any role models at all. Everyone told her she was crazy. She ultimately got a job in a hospital working as the janitor and just worked her way up until she was finally, after 15 years um, in her 30s, admitted to this professional nursing school where she graduated as one of four um, out of a class that she started with, which was 42 total um, wow. as a nurse successfully. Incredible. And so it was, I mean, it's just these people that that are really our pioneers in medicine um, talk about resilience, you know, um, and, and leading 
you know, into now, we still do have um, young black women, pe women of color in communities in which maybe they're the first generation college student um, and they don't really have that professional support network that you had growing up. What would you say to them? How how would you encourage them to um, to get where they want to be in life? Well, I have to say that, you know, if you can see it, if you can touch it, you can be it. And so for for any young woman um, in high school, uh, first, you got to go to college. You know, if, if you want to be a doctor, you first have to go to college. And when you get in college, you will be plugged in with a professional network of people who have who have an investment um, in you and who want to see you succeed. Um, I have learned so many times in my career um, that successful people oftentimes really, really just want to like share their knowledge and help other people. Um, and so, you know, step one is getting in a community of like-minded individuals um, who want to see you succeed. So, so, so that's step one. Um, and then step two is just really like, um, like against all odds, against all doubt, um, remember to just like have faith in yourself and, and know that you have what it takes to be successful, okay? So like, don't let one bad grade get you down. Don't let a stint of financial hardship get you down and quit. Um, you know, there are so many people who took a non-traditional path to um, medical school. So, you know, I, I have my path, but there were people in my med school class who were in their first year, uh, you know, when I was 21 and they were 42. Um, as, as first year medical students, you can get there. Um, I even read uh, recently, it was just kind of uh, rereading on uh, Barack Obama. Uh, that man didn't, didn't start law school until he was about 27, 28 years old. Um, right. You know, and we live in a time now when so many people are just in a rush to hurry up and do the next thing. They're in a rush to hurry up and get to grad school. And you know, the truth is, you can do it your way. Um, you know, so if it is your dream uh, to become a doctor or if it's your dream to get in a C-suite, um, don't give up that dream. Just keep working at it. Keep keep networking. Keep talking to people who want to um, support you and join you, you know, in your dream. And um, eventually you will get there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Trailer, for um, being here for this conversation that I think is, um, it's, it's much needed and uh, hopefully encourages some of our listeners out there, hopefully our young listeners out there, um, and know that Next Level supports you. And if you ever want to reach out, I'm sure Dr. Triller is an amazing mentor as well. Um, and you're more than welcome to contact us through our website to get to her. So um, hopefully I didn't give out your contact information necessarily, Robin. <laughs> It's all good. You know, I do love mentoring students, Alexis. I have mentored a few students and uh, love speaking uh, to high school and college students. So, yes, absolutely. If, you know, if, if people uh, wanted to contact me to, to try to, you know, help inspire uh, their group, I am available for that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. We will see you next time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.